Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's the Jim Fannin Show. We've come to take your mind. still on Dixon is my guest. He's a stand-up comedian and the host of the New York City Crime Report. Got him for about an hour. Buckle in. Welcome aboard. Brother, thanks for taking the time. I know you're busy. Please. Uh, Great intro. I love the music. I know those drums really pop. I had this vision of you saying, what a, f- that is the gayest intro I've ever heard. Uh, no, far from it. I've heard some gay intros. Uh, hey, you know something? I, I'm going to start talking about Biden because uh, he's our Right president. off the bat, eh? What an old shit pants uh, father of a crackhead. I mean, like, I'm not trying to polarize the audience or anything like that because mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything that isn't uh, just 100% true. It's right. not just be down. Be like, look at our country. It's fallen apart since we've gotten him. Not a fan, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, you turn on the news, you don't know if you're watching the news or Naked Gun. But uh, you guys are, are sort of uh, not any better off. No, we're, we're in much worse condition with Trudeau. And I actually left the country in October, a week before the mandates came down. So I'm in Dominican Republic, and I'm, I'm, as far as I'm concerned, I'm in the freest country in the world. There's no regulations. Yeah. It's the Wild Wild West. You don't need a liquor license. You don't need a health pass to sell food. You just... Open no. a business and you're free. And the cop pulls you over, you buy him lunch, and you keep going. What is it? You're in <laughs> sex trafficking now? <laughs> Teenage a, girls? No, no, no. You know what? A buddy of mine, an American buddy from, my, uh, from Atlanta, sent me a video the other day. I couldn't even watch it. And it was castration and hanging. You fuck around with gr- young girls down here, the locals will take care of you, right? You don't even have to worry about the police. The boys wow. take care of you. You do not fuck with the young girls here, man. It's uh, genital justice, man. Is, it's is really, <laughs> it's really frowned upon. We're in Canada. Well, in North America, we do drag queen story time. So we're indoctrinating them. From, yeah, yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. I, I didn't know that Central America or uh, that's that's Central America or South America, whatever it is. It's a, technically, I think it's above the equator. Caribbean, yeah. Ca- I guess, Caribbean, right? yeah. Well, it's. It, it, it's. Uh, I had no idea that they were still so morally uh, no, upright. You know? No, like, man, they don't fuck around with certain things down here. And the cops don't take kindly to drugs. So you stay away from that, uh, you know. But 
uh, or you, you do it very quietly. But it's it's truly the Wild West because, you know, there's a there's a fence down here where, you know, if you want weed or, you know, there's a couple of things they deal through the fence. And all of a sudden the fence stopped operating. And the word was because a buddy of mine lives down the street. And he's like, dude, this is like what a place to live. You should see the traffic I see going by my house. And I go, oh, yeah. And he said, they shut the fence down. I go, why? He says, well, there's a new police chief in town. And until the bribe money <laughs> recirculates to the new police chief, they just wow. keep shutting you down every time. So it's, it's new, new wild. Police chief is like a, it's probably like a renegotiation. These, like are, these are just rumors. I don't know. I don't hey, look, I'm not, I'm not in the Dominican Republic, so I'll speculate. But yeah. uh, it's, it sounds what, – what do they do if they catch you smoking weed? Is it, they bury you up to your neck and, you know, hit you with baseball bats or something? No, no. I think you just do jail time, and then if you've got the money, you can get out. And if you don't, then you rot. And wow. I don't think you want to be in a Dominican jail. I'm, I'm quite certain that you do not want to experience a Dominican jail. Um, your I, sentence is $3,000. Yeah, it's, uh, it is a, it's the weirdest thing. But at least you know – where it's coming from you know what i mean like you know that this is the way it operates you know in canada or you know you have no clue and well the morality switches according to who you are and in, in the way uh, you know up up north where you know in the, the enlightened countries mm-hmm. which is a shame i mean like you know we got grooming in libraries more than ever up there now and, and, and congratulations by the way on getting out of canada i hope that it's uh uh, continues to be a happy thing for mm-hmm. you. I, I, I got a brother in Canada. He, he's not. He's he's living in a small town. He's also, I, I believe, he's in the more uh, conservative uh, province uh, of uh, Alberta. Alberta is where uh, that. Yeah, Edmonton is. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So he's not in Edmonton. He's in a small town. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's called Ayer. Okay. And uh, yeah, he. Uh, you know. He, he, not, it's no more nauseating being there than it is here, barely. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what Justin Trudeau's system is that he's going to take everybody's handguns or whatever, but that announcement he made was about as lispy and queer as mm-hmm. I've ever heard from any head of state. Well, and this is, I mean, we can't believe we're in this situation, but, you know, and there's no easy fix for the majority governments that these guys get rammed through with the minority of popular support. Like in, in your country, at least you have two parties. Somebody needs to win the popular vote. Up here, you can win a majority government with 35% of the popular vote. So, yeah, 65% of the people vote for other parties that actually vote. And the party that, uh, you know, wins the most seats, basically, the, under the first-past-the-post gets gets to rule and in this country the the ndp the socialist ndp have been propping this government up time after time and then he goes up and he he tries to destroy him in the house of commons and we're like dude you've been enabling this corrupt guy you know in the rcmp with the truckers and everything it's the strangest time to be alive pat i think you know most generations always said that it's kind of like a thing when you're growing up even in the 50s and 60s like oh that's weird hey eh? we get cars now and stuff you know like but right now, like politically, and I've only, you know, I, I got politically active when I was 24 in 1993, ran an election, then came back about 10 years later and ran nine. So I'm really active. But then I got red-pilled over the last five years, which was completely painful. I didn't really know that it would be or didn't realize that what was happening. But when I started finding Donald J. Trump hilarious, <laughs> I knew something was up and you know, I'm yeah. just looking at this toddling, feeble old man the other day thinking to myself, you know, we go from one extreme to the other. 
we go from a powerful, obnoxious bully. I think he's hilarious. And most of his stuff I started to get on board with, like China, like, you know, the wall, immigration. Every time he brought out a policy, I'm like, who's this guy? Yeah. And I didn't realize that I'd come so far to the middle or right, but now I'm an extremist because I think we shouldn't kill babies after six months in the womb. And I'm an extremist because, you know, I don't think, boy, you, we shouldn't be indoctrinating our, you know, stop, just stop talking to our children about sex. They don't yeah. care. They hate the other sex until they're like 12 or 13. Well, not so much for boys. I was in love with my grade two teacher. Like, so I knew something was up right off the bat, yeah. but... Yeah, 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 I didn't. Yeah, I didn't need a conversation. Fighters, I didn't need a conversation in grade two about my gender identity. I don't know. Let me grow up. And this, these oh, puberty he, he, blockers he, he, and everything—it's all the, the morality has gone out of the left. And I used to be a lefty, and I kind of am still a lefty. But yeah, that that was a painful trip across the political spectrum for me. Well, I mean, you think you're a lefty, but I mean, you're not uh, by their standards. You're a Nazi. No. It's that simple. It's it's so strange. They they really chase away a lot of their support by being so extreme and obnoxious. And and frankly, they, frankly, it feels dangerous. Some of the stuff they talk about. The Green New Deal, you know, I, I don't want an electric car. I don't want uh, solar panels on my home. I don't want to have to wait for the sun to shine for shit to work. None of that stuff is operable. It's all a big uh, boondoggle. And there's a freedom to driving a car, you know, with gas. I mean, like, you get an electric car, what are you going to end up doing? You got to, they can close off whole areas just by not putting any charging stations around. They can shut the cars off remotely if they want to. And they don't really work that well. I mean, like, you know, I've seen buses just bursting into flames, these electric buses. So that's one. So they propose that. They also want an open border. You know, an open border is just going to be chaos. It's going to be, you know, you can't let just anybody into the country. That You don't have any country anymore. That's it. And they come in, they get benefits, they get all these, you know. It, it's funny. They, they give them money. And a, a reporter asked, uh, the in a press conference asked, our new uh, press secretary, Corinne uh, Jean, I can't, I, I, what, her name's not that important, but I know a couple of her names, and, and those are two of them. And she's, uh, he, he's, have you considered giving money to the people who came here legally, the immigrants who came here legally? And she's like, well, why would we do that? So we're giving money to the people who come here illegally. And she's got no answer for that. You know, there's no answers for it. Just like they want to raise the age to buy a weapon, certain weapons, to 21. But they don't want to raise the age to join the military to 21, you know, and they don't have an answer for that. It's over and over again, you know, we, we've seen the, the gayifying of our uh, armed, for, armed forces, which is demoralizing to see. Never would have happened uh, like that, I don't believe, with quite the same fervor under Trump. You know, Trump really did have America in mind, and that's the difference between him and Joe Biden, who does not have America in mind you know he talks about oh the world leaders ask me hey, what's going on over there and all that kind of stuff people on the left are very worried about the way they're perceived internationally they don't want to be seen as like dumb americans or something like that you know donald trump doesn't really give a fuck about that you know he wants to be respected rather than liked he doesn't care if you uh you know look kindly on us accept us he's going to make the best deals for us and help help you know, Americans, and, and to set the tone for the base, he had to have the obnoxious tweets. I find him to be, as as far as the way he governs, far less of a bully 
than Joe Biden. Joe Biden is yeah. a natural bully. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever seen him get mad, especially during some of these press conferences when he was running, you know, somebody asked him a challenging question about his son. He found it challenging. Mm-hmm. But it was just he was just talking about stuff he'd read in the paper about Hunter. And he's like, huh, what, what do you want to do? You want to you go outside and do some, have a push-up contest? Look fat, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, a guy, uh, you know, when the black guy, uh, Charlemagne to God, says like, hey, I, I, I want to hear... I've got some more questions, you know, before I decide who I'm going to vote for. I don't know if I'm going to give you my vote. Well, if you don't know if you want to vote for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Right. He's just a bully. He is the bully. And, 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 and what Trump does is set a tone. And he sets a tone that his base really responds to and that any good American really should be responding to. Mm-hmm. But I think they're going to try and put him in jail over this January 6th bullshit. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, and this is a classic example of it. Like, I'm a pretty, a pretty politically astute, and I still have a hard time describing Trump. You know, like, you're right. He's not a bully. He's a tough guy. He's a guy you don't want to fuck with. You know what sure. I mean? And and that's a great leader, you know. But, you know, the first thing, you know, I th- then you think about it, yeah. Who, who have I watched Trump bully? Like, anything where they, the media said he was bully or mocking somebody was completely taking it out of context anyways. And Biden does it in this really nonchalant, kind of matter-of-fact, covert way that is so obvious. That, yeah, I don't know how it's covert and obvious at the same time, but, yeah, it's what a contrast. And it just makes me think, like, what a it, almost pathetic time to be alive. You know, yeah. we go from one swing to the other, and the left just, there's no accountability. Like, right now, this... Matt Walsh uh, movies getting so much attention and and you know I think the rise of this alternative media is really interesting too like I don't know how many thousands of people are going to sign up for ten dollars a month for Daily Wire to watch this movie but I can tell you there's a hell of a lot of them because yeah. and the, Shapiro I don't know what kind of money he's raking in but it's got to be massive like if, if McInnes has got twenty five thousand subs. I mean, Shapiro's got to have 150. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Maybe. at 10 bucks a month, like he's <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, yeah McKinnis is still considered fringe, you know. And, oh, and yeah, he's, a hate figure, uh, uh, you know. Yeah, Don't which whatever worry. the hell that is, you know. Yeah. But but you know, I was I, I one thing I should have said about because I said the way Biden governs is bullying. Mm-hmm. He's the one who came in with the mandates. He's the one who came in with the you know you you have to have the vaccine otherwise you can't you know they said we're not going to make anybody take the vaccine well technically i guess you could say that you know but when you force people to choose between their livelihood and an experimental mrna gene altering bullshit experiment and hey you know I, a lot of people just have to you know close their eyes and hope for the best mm-hmm. and now they say well the first two doses don't do they do little, if anything, as far as providing any immunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there goes my YouTube channel. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Well, look, I mean, the guy who said it was uh, one of the guys who's at Pfizer, who's I think was the the guy, the head guy at Pfizer. Mm-hmm. But of course, he can say it. I can't. It's like no. the N word. Exactly. But um, that's fine. I don't. You know, I, I I don't need to talk anymore about that. We're so freaking sensitive too. Yeah. Oh, Anyways, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, tell me, look, I'm interested to get your take on New York City, how it's changed over the last little while. Like, I mean, I hear Gavin talk about it all the time. And, you know, you went through Giuliani and a couple of good mayors. And then, and then you slide back with these other guys that just make everything, you know, the tolerance is intolerable. And, uh, yeah. you know, uh, you know, I know it's a lame joke, but the New York shitty kind of moniker seems to be working right now. I don't know. Tell me how it's changed over the last decade or so or a couple terms of government. 
growing into that moniker. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't around for Giuliani, but I was around for the last few years of, uh, I guess about the, what, the last eight, yeah, last seven years or so, maybe, of, of Bloomberg. And Bloomberg uh, was a three-term mayor. So it was Giuliani, Bloomberg took over right around 9-11, he, and he was, he was in office until the end of 13. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's when Bill de Blasio took over. And Bill de Blasio was able to get in based on his racial message. So he was he was race baiting from the start, you know, about how it's a tale of two New Yorks it was his big campaign. And he had a son with an afro. That was kind of what got him elected. It was, it was Dante, you know, the Dante ads. People people responded to that. Mm-hmm. And they thought, well, this guy is definitely not a racist. Now, Bloomberg got a lot of... He got some, you know, he got a bad rap a lot of times because he really... Bloomberg helped keep up all the crime lowering that Giuliani had accomplished, and he and he pushed it even a little further, and he let the uh, the chief of police there, the commissioner rather, uh, you know, Ray Kelly do his job. He was a what do you call that? A, a good administrator, and he let people do their thing. And when they said that, well, you're searching too many black people, not enough white people, by the percentages, well. I don't want to go into the details of it, but they broke it down according to population when you need to be breaking it down according to who commits the crimes. Right. And it's unfortunate, but poor neighborhoods, more crime, and that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have more arrests there and, uh, and and more stop, question, and frisk. It wasn't ruled unconstitutional for real. The woman who made that judgment was taken off the case. The decision was set aside, I believe, or it was at least winnable on appeal. The appeal had begun, and when de Blasio came in, he dropped it. That, that woman had been champing it a bit to get, that, to get that particular case so she could rule on it. She was biased from the start. Her name's Shira Scheinlin, terrible judge, mm-hmm. activist judge. So you want to know about the crime, and I'm not really telling you yet. I'm just trying to... It, the, way it, the, the way it shaped up was this big shift, because after, you know... 12 years of uh, of Bloomberg and he had to buy the third term basically and you know the stop question and frisk had already gone down considerably it's argued maybe they shouldn't have had a quota in place and maybe they did and maybe they went too far but a lot of those stop question and frisk didn't actually happen and that's important a lot of them were guys like you know a couple of guys and you have to fill out a form if you don't fill it out enough forms you're in trouble so you don't throw them against the wall. You just say, hey, fellas, what's going on? What's up? You write it up as if it's a stop, question, frisk, because you just stopped and questioned, no frisk, and uh, and then you're done. And so, you you know, a little bit of that was, was happening, so the numbers are a little skewed. That's, that's what I've learned from, from cops that I know. Now, there wasn't a bunch of racist stuff going on is the main thing, but de Blasio was able to play that for all it was worth. And he started just changing things that subtle at first, just like, you know, when Giuliani cleaned it up, he starts with the turnstile jumpers and then he gets the squeegee guys, maybe. And then he gets the, the people who urinate in public. And, you know, you start picking people up for small crimes is broken windows theory. You catch people with guns who are jumping the turnstile. And, and when you start arresting the, the squeegee guys who are annoying drivers out there, and make them feel threatened, then they don't come out there anymore. Mm-hmm. And you clean it up. And they did some zoning things. But de Blasio just starts reversing that. Oh, here's what you can do. Uh, you can have a, uh, 
uh, open container. Why should that be such a big deal? You know, open container is fine, uh, and uh, you can uh, urinate in public without it be without going to jail because that's uh, disproportionately affects blacks and Latinos when you do that. But without laws in place, more blacks and Latinos are getting arrested. It's racist. It's racist for it to be a jailable offense. Okay. And then, you know, the weed. And then, you know, various other stuff until, you know, they, they kind of start to add up their quality of life crimes. You know, they, other stuff, they just look, there's blight on the city. There's, there's starting to be more graffiti, we noticed. And, and things just started to feel more lawless as his term went on. And then, you know, eventually the state pushes through bail reform, and then all hell, hell broke loose. That was in 2020. Right. That's when it went into effect. We knew it was going to. <clears throat> there was no question in anybody's mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just what happens when you say people don't have to go to jail. There's no bail. They get to walk right out for almost all crimes. And now with the new mayor, we have a new uh, DA who's an absolute disaster you know his, his whole thing is that he's not seeking carceral uh, time for anybody no no incarceration we're not seeking that for anybody except like super murder you know what i mean and it has to be really extreme mm-hmm. you know and they've taken away judges discretion and and stuff like that and they're trying to add that back in it's like they make these cosmetic changes but it's not enough and that's statewide so you know our mayor goes to Albany and pretends to want to change all that shit, but, uh, you know, he doesn't really want to. He just wants to pass the buck. And we have a great politician right now as our mayor. Shitty mayor so far, but a great politician because it's it's not sticking to him too much. The upshot is shootings are, are up. And, uh, you know, the, there's more murders than typically, I believe. Crime in general is accepted you know it's like we you look at the numbers they're up and uh, no one's too worried about it i mean people don't like it crime was kind of the issue that he got elected on so we thought that he was gonna well i didn't think so but some people thought he was gonna take care of it you know adams is gonna continue to be a disaster he's a joke and uh we're all by ourselves you know the the policing has gotten so difficult because you can't police anymore when you can't put your knee on somebody's back that is a standard thing they have all this oversight and they keep adding more and more layers of bureaucratic oversight every you know i know several cops who retired a lot of people retired in in 2020 when all this stuff started to happen Mm -hmm. they don't want anything to do with it they're going to lose everything you know somebody it's so easy to sue the police department so easy to sue the city over the police department there were I don't know if they got it passed. They were trying to get rid of qualified immunity so you could sue individual police officers, and I believe that is the case. Jeez. So, you know, what you do is you're basically making the cops just hands off, mm-hmm. and people get slashed in the subway routinely in the face. It's mm-hmm. nothing. Had a guy shoot a guy on the Q train. Some, uh, uh, I don't know, a, a executive at... Uh, you know, some financial uh, deal or whatever, but uh, <clears throat> the guy was just walking back and forth, shot him, uh, dead, killed him. Didn't know the guy. It was totally random. So, you know, you don't really think of it being that way on a Manhattan train, mm. you know, when the guy's on his way to brunch on Sunday morning, 
you know, it's usually gangs, right? And you go, well, that's that kind of violence that doesn't really affect the elite, you know? And here's this guy on his way to brunch now getting shot. You see people... Like, I, I live on... Uh, I live between 7th and 8th Avenue in Manhattan. And I go over to 8th Avenue, and now there's a row of guys uh, there that are always selling drugs. They're under that awning all the time. And they didn't used to come come this far uh, east, you know? They had a... They kind of had... A, a little territory that they would stay in. That doesn't exist anymore. You walk by Penn Station, it's a gauntlet. There's so many crazy homeless people that you can't... The, the problem is insoluble. Unless you just want to start locking them up, which I strongly recommend. Because they'd be better off living in Rikers, which they're trying to close yeah. for no good reason. Just because. I think they want to close it, and I think they want to try to turn the property over, make a bunch of money. Yeah, and you know what? I've been commenting on the difference of my life down here and, and the homeless situation and the fact that there's no drug addicts on the street and you can't buy fentanyl, you can't buy perks, you can't buy painkillers, you can't buy pills down here. Now, you can get the other stuff because, you know, the, well, the they don't grow weed down here, so they import the good weed. Otherwise, it's Mexican hard pack with seeds in stock. And, you know, cocaine's cheaper than rum. Rum's really cheap, but the locals drink rum. But... You know, um, you don't see the mental health crisis. You don't see the tent cities. You don't see the homeless and you don't see the drug addicted uh, roaming the streets all the time. The mental health doesn't seem to be a huge problem. And, you know, in North America, we're losing, a, you know, a lot of people to fentanyl overdose and pills and mental health and and homelessness. You know, you look out west and some of these communities, San Francisco and just tent cities and these Portland these these places these cities used to for the most part be be pristine be safe communities to walk around and now you, you talk about the gaunt, the gauntlet at Penn Station I haven't experienced it I heard a lot about it though like you don't your head's on a swivel all the time you're not you don't have your earbuds in you're not looking at your phone you're looking to get to the train and get home without dying basically or getting mugged <laughs> and the, what a way to go through life in the United States of America you know well, not so it, bad it, in it, Canada it, but well, yeah, we, we got our problems expensive. for sure maybe perhaps the most expensive place to live in America. I mean, like you don't pay the rent here because you want to feel unsafe. No. It's it's really insulting. And not only and, that, New York City is like the jewel. You gauge the rest of the country by what New York City looks like. And when New York City goes for a dump, you, you got to think everything falls behind that because New York City used to be the jewel, you know? So it's kind of hard to watch it slide. It's the jewel run by a fool, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we The fentanyl is, is another, like you said, the way New York City handles a problem like that is to put up posters in the subway and uh, every, these public service things that, that yeah, speak safe. directly to the fentanyl users. You're addicted, like, don't feel bad. Here's a safe place for you to shoot it up. You got it, <laughs> yeah. And start start small and work your way up when you're shooting fentanyl. And don't and and don't shoot up alone. Have a buddy. Yeah. And, and that that's yeah. That basically uh, giving them some good instruction there, some good advice uh, on how to continue their addiction <laughs> until their death. You know, I think there's a, I think there's a good argument for the legalization of drugs if you got a clean supply and taxation, and you know you the government's do, you know selling it, so you get to see the people, so you can put them, you can get them treatment for the ones that want to get off the stuff because it's, it's hard to get off of. But this is not what legalization looks like. Decriminalize, and, and Trudeau's doing the same thing. BC just said, okay, yeah, fentanyl, cocaine, heroin, whatever. It, we're decriminalizing it. 
Well, that doesn't yeah. that, that doesn't accomplish getting them off the street and getting them help. You know, at least if you're taxing it and producing it as a government, making some money off it, then you're on the front line when you're selling it. When these guys come in and you just go, hey, you want to get off the stuff here? Let's go for treatment over here. You know? Yeah, well, that, that's a compassionate government that you're talking about, mm-hmm. and they don't. We don't have that. What we have is a is a very cutthroat mercenary government that's trying to drag down the entire shit house. They want to. They they really do want to pull down all the all the uh, institutions and ruin the country as it is, so that they can rebuild it in their own in their own way. They 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 their way of rebuilding is destruction, and their way of uh, you know. Of accomplishing that is by enabling increased drug addiction, not offering any sort of help, uh, keeping the home, like, claiming to care about all these things, but then just like I don't know, it's just so hard. We don't know how to do it. Uh, you know, like we're do, we have a plan. We're we're trying. You know, like uh, bringing crime down. We're putting you know community policing, whatever it is they say. They've always got something, but then. You know, what they're really hoping for is that some unarmed black guy will resist arrest until he gets killed, you know, and they keep inspiring increased anger, you know, among the black community. It's what de Blasio did when they came back with no uh, bill, no indictment for the officer, Dan Pantaleo, who arrested, uh, you know, uh, Jesus Christ, I can't believe I can't remember his name. But the guy who down in Staten Island, with the, they kept calling it a chokehold. It wasn't a chokehold. Uh, and in any case, you know, that day he comes out and gives this compassionate speech. You know, we feel a lot of pain. Uh, there's a lot of power in this community. And, you know, it, just the way he's speaking, he's he's strongly suggesting that, oh, I know you're going to go out and protest. I, I fully understand that. But we just, you know, the oh, Eric Garner, the Garner family asked that you that you not. I'm sure they would not want you to be violent. You know, it's it's. <laughs> It's this strange red carpet to come out and, and wreak havoc. I mean, like, you've seen how the press doesn't report on Antifa. They go out and do their shit. It's almost undeniable that this whole media and social media and government sort of hand-in-glove relationship that they have, that they are just trying to wreck everything. And I think it was uh, Ann Coulter. She said that, like, it's... I'm paraphrasing, but like everything made once I once I realized and accepted that the left is out to destroy the country, then everything made sense. And you know what? It's it's we've given a strange amount of power to the the minorities, the the vast minorities, whether it's the LGBT community and, you know, the. You know, so many of those letters, the first three, you're just gay. But bi does mean kind of two sexes, doesn't it? So how does that work? But And then you talk about Black Lives Matter. Outside of the talking heads in the media, for instance, the Black Lives Matter, it's the Joy Reads of the media that are pushing this narrative. You don't see the everyday, you know, uh, black guy saying, yeah, reparations, blah, blah, blah. So and it seems in the transgender move, movement, if you will. It, like for Black Lives Matter, it's all white people rioting. It, you know, it's it's uh, Antifa getting in on this. You didn't see an actual, you know, black people protesting peacefully. It's all hijacked by these by these uh, troublemakers and warmongers. And and same goes with uh, 
with the uh, with the LGBT community. You don't see trans people saying I'm discriminating. It's all media talking heads, and it's all driving division. And you're and Coulter's right, man. When I realized that it's just the destruction of society, and the killing of God, and the removal of uh, masculinity and the traditional family, it all started to fall into place. It all makes sense now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you're right about that. You know, you don't see too many like, uh, well, I mean, a lot of black people have jobs. They, they go to them and, and uh, they don't have time to do this bullshit, you know, but there's there's some black people out there, of course, you know, to be they want them at the head of the line. They I think they sort of hem them in, you know, like uh, black people on the outside to be visible yeah. to make it seem like this is all about them. Of course, race is just another issue to wedge into the whole public discourse constantly mm-hmm. and they keep it going all the time they never let up just like with the the sexual stuff as soon as gay marriage was legal it was just a few months before obama's justice department and department of education come out with the guidance saying transsexual kids like little kids if they say they're girls they get to go in the girls room and that kicked off this whole trans bullshit as we know it today it got it it ramped it up it, it became an issue after that. It wasn't really an issue, but they made it one because that's the kind of thing that just keeps people really chasing their tails. You know, the whole population just trying to go, what the way, what are we doing? And, you know, you have to just constantly be vigilant if you want to even stay level at this point. You know, we're, it's just backward, backward, backward. Or forward, as they think, with the with the progressives. Yeah, but you know, kids don't need to be reading porn. No. They don't need to. They don't need to have those books in the library. And and it's just in every aspect of life, they're there making it suck, making political things personal to people, and making uh you know so that like it's to the point now. There's a lot of people you can't talk to. There's a lot of people who you cannot have a reasoned discussion with. And I can tell you the reason for that, if you're curious. Why are they the way they are? You know, when you speak to somebody who's sort of a leftist, well, they they consider themselves a liberal, but maybe they're not, but they consider themselves that. And it's because they they only need to know about two things, two or three things. The environment is a crisis. Uh, trans rights are human rights. Um, America's racist and Donald Trump is bad, right? There's no new developments on any of these things. Their opinion does not evolve. It's these things, so long as you look at any issue through that lens, right, and you can sort of understand what the liberal position would be, you don't need to keep up on anything. You don't have to, the, the actual news, actual things that happen, things like that, the, the you know legislation, whatever, it doesn't matter. You are going to make your decision based on that. And so that's why they don't keep up because they don't have to. It's a, and yet, even though they know so much less about, you know, the FBI's investigation into Trump that, that turned into the Mueller uh, investigation into Trump and, 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 and they don't know anything about Hunter Biden and his laptop and they don't know anything about uh, you know, Joe Biden being the big guy and taking 10 percent and they don't know anything about the corruption. They don't know why Russia is is at war with Ukraine. They know zero, but they know which side they're on. And, and I mean, that's why they have to have these flags everywhere is just so that the left will know who to root for. 
<laughs> Otherwise, they wouldn't. You know, if, if you don't put those flags everywhere, they just don't know. Well, the same people that are putting the flags up are the same people that put the masks on right away. There's, there's no <laughs> distinction between it. You know? Right, man. Joiners. They're total joiners. They love authority. They love being told exactly yeah. what to think. They're mm-hmm. comfortable with that because they hear it from, you know, that source or, or what, whoever the fuck it is, you know, that tells them what to do, how to think. You know, the, the, the media, it all trickles down, you know, CNN, whoever it is. And, they, it, it, you know, it's, it's obvious because, like, the people who, who are not putting on masks are endangering lives. They're not following the science. And I know that because I'm following the science, and this is science. Well, now you've got fiberglass in your lungs. You've got tiny shards of plastic coming out in newborn baby stools. This is a kind of thing that is just as bad for the environment as a bottle or a paper uh, or a plastic bag, rather. And We're doing it, it also damages. Because we saw one shoved up in turtle's nose. Fuck's sakes. I hate paper straws. You don't get those down here, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. pa- oh, no, no paper straws. <laughs> yeah, you guys are still trying to get your drinks up into your mouth, you know. And it's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. But, the, you know, go on down the list. Uh, you, these, these vaccines are uh, splendid life-saving vaccines, right? <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> Sorry, that might save I, the episode I, 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 right there. I flew a little close to the sun there, uh, but uh, you know, hey, there have been some mild side effects reported, but they're only mild. They're right. not that big of a deal. There's only a few uncommon thousand, maybe a hundred thousand. You know, like like when you look at how many vaccines have gone out, maybe a billion, and you have this, you know, much, you know, larger number of like VAERS reports and 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 you know mishaps and deaths than you have with you know at other times. But that's because everybody's being vaccinated and uh it's a scalable like, thing and why is it that it seems to like really lower there's vades that's an accepted thing you know the vaccine uh, autoimmune deficiency syndrome uh and uh well you know i don't know anything about that either i know i, I know that it's i'm not really uh in a position to have to and i'm wondering what they're going to do next because it looks like food shortages are coming. The, a lot of factories, uh, food st- uh, plants here are What are the fuck is down. with them all burning down? Man, well, meat manufacturing plants all of a sudden. I mean, it's kind of the same as the uh, whoever farm. was making the uh, HCQs, too. I think all, all those plants got burned to the ground as soon as Trump said that HCQ was good. Yeah, well, that, that, that was mysterious, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. HCQ is a good cure. And Boom. Then, uh, yeah, no, and you then can't get happens. it. And uh, monoclonal antibodies. Suddenly, you can't find them. Somebody, uh, uh, a client uh, that I, I I met the other day uh, on the beach, she um, she got COVID, and she what a started. Job. You're meeting clients on the beach. Well, I'm and... I'm hustling uh, uh, oceanfront uh, motels and uh, B and Bs and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I walked. I was on a big walk one day and walked down and, and met this girl. And she turned up in the hospital and she took one of the therapeutics that shall not be mentioned. And then she mentioned, I'm waiting for the cocktail. And I knew exactly what she was talking about it, you know, because you've seen Rogan and whatever talk about the antibodies. And uh, yeah, she got it. I think she was in within the first seven days, they said they needed to hit her with it. And she says, I'm feeling better quickly and I should be out of here soon. But she. She must have got the original strain or whatever because, uh, yeah, it put her in the hospital. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a crazy time. But, uh, and, you know, it, it's just consuming too much of our headspace. Yeah, for me, it's mandates, and it's masking children. It makes me absolutely nuts. But I know, 
you know, here's an awkward segue, but, you know, you're the host of the New York City Crime Report. And I don't know if it's just the ones I've been listening to, but do you, do you guys have a scooter epidemic of crimes out there or, or what's the deal? So, and have you been clown pilled? You know, I, I'm on, you know, my clown pills got like a 12 hour. I got to keep taking it because the red pill was was painful. And then once you know the truth, it's, there's no going back. And then you black pill and then you're hopeless and suicidal. And then if you don't take the clown pill rather quickly after the black pill, you're not long for this world. You need to be able to just laugh at it. So I wonder how you're mixing. You're a comedian and, and a pretty funny one. I've watched a lot of your bits. And how do you make humor out of something so dark like the, the New York City crime report? Oh, you know, it's just a gift. What can I say? I always looked at uh, now I've been clown pilled since since the show started almost okay. in 2011. And so when, as I'm writing and looking at this stuff and talking about it, I don't mm-hmm. feel it the way, like, people right. act like you're supposed to. Right. And, I mean, like, I'll, I'll stop talking about women throwing babies out of windows when they stop throwing babies out of windows. You know what I mean? It's something to talk about. It's mm-hmm. water cooler stuff. It, you know, it's basically the New York City uh, or the New York Post with punchlines. Right. And I just, I don't think that we're intended to be emotionally involved with gruesome news stories and the, the only problem I have with it now is that it's become so politicized because they... And we're desensitized to it, too. I mean, we're seeing so much of it. I remember when I was a kid seeing somebody on Irv Weinstein's Eyewitness News on, you know, the Buffalo station across the border, and it was such a big deal that the news at 11 showed a man being shot dead in the street. Like, my parents were, you know, you can't see this and get out of the room and all this kind of... It was a big... It was a huge deal. And, you know, and once in a while I'm surprised by somebody's death. I'm like, you know, David Dorn fucking hurt because I watched it almost live on Instagram. And I'm like, I couldn't like that one hurt. And once in a while, a celebrity will die. And I go, ooh, that one, that was, I wasn't a Lady Die fan, but that one stung too. But it seems like for the most part, we're just desensitized to death and murder. And now, like, you can watch just about anything. And it's just, oh, well, well, yeah, another 19 people got shot by, a, you know, an 18-year-old had been radicalized on the Internet because we locked him down for two years. Yeah, you know, I'm always looking for the catch in those stories because I see that Ramos guy go down there and, and, and like, he spent uh, four to $6,000 on weapons and and stuff to goose him up, you know, with like, the sights and all that kind of shit yeah, and all that ammunition. $70,000 truck. Not a small amount of money. Where did he get money? I don't know. I mean, he works at Wendy's part-time. Uh, could he have gotten that many government checks, you know, during COVID? He couldn't have. He was under 18. Mm-hmm. So go figure. You know, it, it's a question that won't get answered. You know, the, we, we won't even see the body cam footage from the cops or the recordings of the 911 calls because we have a dead suspect. And if they don't convict somebody of a crime, they're actually technically allowed to keep all that stuff secret. No shit. And they're not they're not cooperating with an investigation anyway mm-hmm. i mean the police department down there they they, they had that one really squirrely guy giving this press conference he's like well, like you know we there was a mistake made and then there's the other guy who's like too confident and as i'm watching this like it's this just something really it's just like vegas you know where they're like we don't we're not really answering shit i know everything seems weird the timeline's messed up we tased parents to keep them from going inside uh, you know, look, we suck as police officers, and uh, this was our directive that we had was to stand down 
and uh, it's too long to let some. It's just you know, like I mean, a similar thing happened down in the you know, park, what was it park, uh, whatever it was, you know, the one, the one that David Hogg came out of and started annoying everybody with his anti-gun rhetoric, mm, uh, thinking he was some kind of a. He thought he was a new Martin Luther King Jr. The way he was speaking, you know, like uh, we say that was his line. He kept trying to come back to somebody had written the speech for him. Oh, we say uh, no more. And it's like, you're not an orator, dude. You're nine and you should be (laughs) studying uh, instead of wearing that stupid armband around and trying to get everybody to conform with you. You know, that little bald girl disappeared pretty quick. And that was the only thing we got to be grateful for. But it's just David Hogg now leading that charge. Look, I, I I guess he gave up the pillow company. That was good to see him get crushed. Well, yeah. What was it called? Your pillow? Pillow Our biters. Pillow? <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah. Uh, but I, I have my suspicions about a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. I have my suspicions about Buffalo. I saw an eyewitness interview, and the guy gave – even the first interview he gave was weird. It kind of contradicted itself a couple times. It didn't make a lot of sense. This same guy, this really tall guy, black guy, kind of heavy, very distinct, gray hair, beard, and shit like that. His whole demeanor was weird. His whole, you know, he's he's sort of, I don't know, smiling and taking it all a little too light. But then in another interview I saw with that very same guy, he said that he talked to the shooter the previous day. He talked to him for about an hour. The guy was wearing a shirt that said genius. Oh, that's. I wanted to see if he was a genius. He's got to be a fed then. Right. So he's talk, he says, I talked to the guy for about an hour. Yeah, let's see if he was a genius. He said, we talked about, uh, you know, cri- uh, critical race theory. We talked about string theory. And uh, it turns out he, he kind of, he seemed like a genius. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? And no follow-up questions from the reporter. Right. Standing there with a microphone in her hand. No follow-up questions about this guy who talked to the gunman for an hour by coincidence the previous day. Now, I don't know. I know that that doesn't prove anything, but nothing does. No amount of proof is good enough. Right. To me, there's a lot of weird shit surrounding a lot of these shootings. And, well, uh, it's just like you, know, a, you almost have to be where if Hollywood and the mainstream media and the and the politicians are all telling you the same thing, you know you you got a bull, you got a, a, a story of bullshit. Yeah, you throw Stephen King in with them, and you're like, wow, <laughs> extra bullshit. <laughs> yeah, these these the the, the whole and, and and you know, look, they're even coming after entertainers now. So so hard, stand up comics. You know, the the ones they try to go top down, and they just had another big setback with Gervais because they can't we can't cancel him they can't, they can't control cancel him, him. He, they, both him and Chappelle had fuck you money and that helps mm-hmm. but they, yeah, also they arrested a guy in Montreal for hate speech recently <laughs> yeah a comedian no uh, it's a couple of years ago a buddy well, of Stephen was, Crowder's I can't remember his name now oh but, it was uh Mike um uh, yeah Ward Mike Ward yeah you're right yeah yeah and they they, they wanted an immense amount of money for him <laughs> For a fucking comedy routine, like seriously, it's just like, well, the the comedian's got to be the canary in the coal mine, like when you know, well, when, I think when the comedians go down, we're all fucked. Right, we're telling jokes. We're we're up up front saying we're not serious. 
We are not a threat. Mm-hmm. People are laughing at this. And Chappelle Everything comes out here and does a whole, you know, bit about his transgender girlfriend that killed herself, and he gets thrown under the bus. Like you could tell, he was emotionally wrecked by this. Yeah, they don't care. It proves that it's just not about anything you're saying or doing. It never is, and it has nothing to do with trans people. It's not a danger to anybody. It doesn't create any threat for anybody. It's not a, you know, a, a danger or threat to democracy as we know it and all this shit. And it isn't hate. And it has nothing to do with any of these things. Well, it's this, the opposite. This. Actually, most of us don't care. We just want to be left the fuck alone. We don't care what you do. Do whatever you want. Just don't come after my kids with your shit. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they, and they cannot do that. They cannot resist. They can't resist. I mean, because it's their directive to ruin it. To, to spread their mind virus as thoroughly as possible and to take the country away from people who will do good things with so it. So we can you know? build and, back and, better. And build back better, yeah. How much, <laughs> They're not saying that much anymore, eh? <laughs> yeah, things are so much better now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Biden was supposed to be so honest and Trump's such a liar. You know, oh, they yeah. Stopped keeping they up a unifier. The We're going to bring people together. <laughs> Please. The whole uh, the whole lie count is gone now. For, you know they, they don't do that for Joe Biden. Thank God. You know they could do they could do not only that they could do like just mumble the mumbling mumble meter. You know how how many questions does he just mumble through? Uh, he, he's he's really a sorry excuse. But yeah, they you know what else they stopped doing? I don't know if you've noticed this. When you read stories about when you read stories about Trump, it would always say he claimed without evidence. Mm-hmm. Everything he said was claimed without evidence. Mm-hmm. They don't say that anymore. Mm-hmm. Was, there's no more claiming without evidence. That was just a Trump thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they said they fortified the election in 2020. Here's how we did it: through social media, through funding of nonprofits, through uh, you know, just uh, you know, get out the vote campaigns in certain communities. Well, the get out the vote campaign was for a whole bunch of ballots to come in to the non not non for profits, whatever the fuck they are. And then have mules take them around all these drop boxes in the middle of the night. And this is documented. This is there's no reason why this this shouldn't be followed up on. But, you know, try to get the people who should be doing that to do it. And then there's all these loopholes. You know, all their videos uh, from from Georgia disappeared, you know, for their election that night for the for their, uh, you know, the presidential election 2020. They in 70 counties, they just had zero videos. And they're supposed to keep that stuff for two years by state law and by federal law. But the election uh, board or whatever, they have a rule that says you can get rid of it right away. So the rule contradicts state and federal law. So somehow the rule supersedes that. Mm. And they got rid of all the videos of all these guys dropping off ballots, which they had to be doing. Georgia absolutely did not vote for Joe Biden. They just did. I, I've spent a lot of time in Georgia, used to live in Georgia, and uh, I, I'm very confident that, that the mood down there is, is not a Biden mood. Uh, yeah, it's just not. Are you hopeful and, that you can turn it around as quickly as it slid backward? I know fixing the problem isn't as easy as breaking the machine, but, you know, Trump made some significant gains in some important areas. He, he also left a lot of stuff on the table. That he, you know, he could have fired Fauci. He could have taken on social media, big tech, and stuff like that. But, you know, whatever. But do you have any hope that, you know, you get some good leadership and some decent uh, government and you can turn it back around and, 
you know, in two or four or six years or eight years, whatever, and we'll be looking at another secure, you know, country where millions of illegals aren't coming across the border every year and getting flown all over the country and voting Democrat. There's a lot of problems that are simply solved, you know. The wall, simple solution to a pretty complicated problem. It's actually a pretty simple problem if you look at it, a wall. They don't like walls. They like them around their homes, but they don't like them, you know, for the United States for whatever reason. You know, it's, it's, people are really deeply embedded in this government who are the ones who get things done. And that's why Trump, when he would have, you know, an executive order, when he would, when he would be acting on some uh, presidential, you know, authority, stuff didn't get done so much because the people who, are the pencil pushers and the ones who actually can enact policy and, 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 and get these things done. I think they just stood in their tracks and they threw up roadblocks and they threw up red tape and they got the courts involved and the, you know, the, the courts got involved as often as they possibly could to just throw stuff out and make it go through this whole fucking process, you know, like with the ban on, on people from the, from the countries that were named by Obama. There's nothing racist or xenophobic about it. It just made good practical sense to do this. But, you know, and that being the case, a change at the very top of leadership, it sets a tone and it can create the feeling that Americans have now so much. You know, the the conservative Americans still have this taste of victory, uh, you know, uh, from November 2016. You know, it can be done. There was a populist president. There was a president that we voted for that we liked instead of this criminal who was just going to take us down this path. And if Trump had not have run, and it, and it would have been some rhino, you know, some basically controlled opposition type of, of, of an election, you know, like I think McCain was. And like I think that uh, uh, whatever the f- you know, Mitt Romney was. I think that they never wanted to win. And so you have a lot of a lot of those, a lot of these Republicans who just at the right moment will do the wrong thing. And it's inexplicable. You go, why? Well, they're hooked in, you know, and, and so it's not just one party or the other. It's like this kind of there's just some evil fucking people who are able to. I mean, look, look at the, uh, the CIA, the FBI, all the intelligence communities are just operating. I mean, the, the FBI knew they were they were collaborators with Sussman. That's why Sussman didn't get convicted because the FBI was fully aware of of the falseness of everything they were they were pursuing. They knew, and it was it's when you have it that deep, it's like firing Fauci. It sounds like a great idea. I would have loved it. Yeah, but a guy like Fauci is so embedded in the government. He's right. been there so long. Highest paid guy in Washington, mm-hmm. highest highest paid guy in the federal government, and there's a there's others like him, I'm sure. Well, I got a local, regional uh, temp. Uh, what do you call it? Interim uh, medical health officer that makes as much money as Fauci does. I, I think let's see it four hundred thousand or something like that. Yeah, our local yeah. guy Hirji in Niagara that makes the same money, and he's supposed wow. to be interim, and his, it, it almost doubled it during COVID. That's nuts. Well, it's fucking I, I, crazy, right? The thing, the thing about yeah, the thing about Fauci is that like he he's, he might be more dangerous 
as, as not officially part of the government as he was in his official role, at least in his official role, whether or not he actually had any practical accountability, he did have technical accountability. But outside of the government, he's going to have just as much influence. There's just as much as many people who are going to do exactly what he says. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Trump used him a certain extent just to, just for credibility. You know what I mean? If he if he dumped Fauci, then you know Trump would be on the chopping block as far as credibility for the. the well, they also said that they would all walk out. Everybody who worked under him. Oh they said, no! You know, we're the whole. We're all going. If you fire Fauci, we are all gone. Mm-hmm. And to me, I would you know, promises, promises. You know, you're all fired. Yeah. But uh, you know, Trump. You know, he, he wasn't rash like people say, and you know, he was. He was very. Uh, he was. He he kind of was. Look, I mean, I think second term, he very well may have uh, taken some sort of action like that. Mm-hmm. But he was not going to do that, you know. No, he's more calculated and reasonable and careful. Yeah, he was a little bit too careful, if you ask me, uh, during the uh, riots and stuff. I think that, mm-hmm. I think had he sent in the National Guard, you know, with, I just say, like, look, I'm overriding your uh, governor uh, authority and doing this. This is something I struggled with. I, I don't I don't fully understand the relationship between the feds and the states. Now I, I do now a little bit more, but I was calling for the National Guard as soon as they started burning Portland down. Roll the tanks. Crush these guys. But I didn't yeah. get the, the sovereignty that it would be invading. And the, and the same with the election. In my country, we have a federal election commission. The feds collect the ballots and whether or not that's the right thing to do. But in the states, it's all governed by the states. And, you know, Alex Jones had this guy on that said that with the uh, non uh, era uh, the the isotopes on the uh, on the ballots. And I'm like, oh, my God, they got them. They got them. They got them. And, and he was all full of shit. And then I started thinking to myself, because the DHS doesn't print the, or whoever it was doesn't print the ballots. It's the states. So I don't yeah. I don't get that, you know, how that's such an encroachment on sovereignty to have a federal commission look after collecting the ballot. So at least we know them sa- we're safe, but maybe that's how you corrupt the government. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, if they, they, they've been talking about, uh, you know, the, some of the progressives in Congress were talking about federalizing election laws, and they were ta- what they were talking about was going to basically just, I, I think it was uh, H, H1A or something like that, or H1, uh, it was the you know, this federal election act, if they would have passed that, that we never would have had another mm-hmm. conservative in office ever again, because it gave them unbelievable. Well, power. It almost looks that way right now. Like well, you, could, you, you don't know that, that we can have a fair election now with everything in this, in the States. And we use dominion voting machines in Canada as well. And, you know, Pennsylvania and all these, all these States, you know, if Roger Stone and these, these original war dogs, these in the these dogs and the pit bulls in the war room were around. Those states would have, they would have fought all those unconstitutional election changes as with mail in ballots and harvesting and stuff like that. That shit would have never happened under Bannon's watch or Stone's watch. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's uh, it's it was they were determined uh, by hook or by well, obviously by crook, in order to to take the election back and and to change the card on the president. Because if they didn't do that, then another four years of Trump would have just been. Wow, another four years of peace and prosperity, oh, and uh, you know we, it, it, a lot of people at that point, it's it, it's going to be a hard sell getting back in power, and they you wanted to go ahead and proceed continue. with their plan and do all that shit. That's why COVID. That's why all this, 
you know, the mail-in balloting and, and the, the changes that they made, you know, to the election laws. Yeah, sure, that that was a lot of it, you know, but they changed those, like you said, unconstitutionally through it's supposed to be the state, uh, the state's, uh, I guess like Legis- senates and stuff Legis- like that. The state yeah, legislature's got a legislature. Exactly yeah. right, right, right. But they were doing it through the secretary of state, through the AG, through anybody, through mm-hmm. judges, through uh, the you know the state supreme courts. Uh, you know, emergency bullshit. Mm-hmm. It, it was abs. It's it's a travesty, and it was unconstitutional. And, and you can't so compare many. You can't compare ways. the two countries now. Like you can't from six years ago compared to today. You cannot compare the two countries, and the left will not acknowledge that they're in trouble. With gas prices over six bucks, with inflation going through the roof, with you know, and more's on the way. It's going to get worse before it gets better. I'm fully convinced. You know, they just you can't get a lefty to admit that you're better under Trump than you are under Biden. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, you really can't. Not a true lefty. Now, I, I, I've seen I've seen people say it. You know, who maybe didn't vote for Trump before, maybe you know, but they're like, hold on a second, gas is how much? Okay, this is a practical thing at this point. If it touches their lives economically. You know, there are I, I've heard people. But if you're trying to get some sort of like politically motivated, you know, uh, they, they poo poo everything. Oh, inflation. Oh, my God. This is so bad. You know, it's like, yeah, no, it's really bad. Food shortages and stuff burning down is really bad. And, uh, you know, half a dozen other problems that we have here, they're, they're, they're pretty bad. And, and you're right. There's no comparison. It's 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 just a. It, it is a living nightmare. This life right now, just just because of our leadership and, and how. Uh, how much it's wrapped up in identity politics and how much it's, it's wrapped up in all of the wrong things, you know, like the diversity hires being made at the very highest level. And they trumpet that as if it's... But here's something that I figured out about about them, and I figured it out through Mayor de Blasio, and this is what they mean when they say that we have fewer people incarcerated now in New York City than we ever have. And we are safer for it when crime is going up. What he's talking about when he says we, he means him and, and the criminals. Friends. Oh, yeah. He doesn't mean us. When they say we, they are not talking about us. We've got, they're, they're strictly talking to the people that agree. The end. And it's, it's, just, it's like that. I, you know, if you listen to them, what they're saying is things are great for us <laughs> because it's you know most people aren't aware of this goal that they have to tear everything down like i said they don't pay attention they don't keep up they don't listen they don't care they're not racist that's all they care about and they're the most secretly racist people ever you know they think that they think that black people can't figure out how to get an id so they can go vote or remember to bring it you know it's it, it but they don't really think that i mean they 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 think that Vote suppression. But, yeah, exactly. Voter suppression. Oh my God, just suppressing the vote. Give me a fucking break. And then at the top, at, at the top of it, you know, somebody knows that, like, well, that's not really a black, about black people. That's about illegals. And so illegals can vote without ID. Mm-hmm. It's not about blacks, but we'll t- we'll make it about the blacks because right. you know whatever. Uh, it's it's really uh, a perplexing thing. Now, hope. I mean, like, you, you can't live without hope. But when you look at some of the stuff, the globalizing that's going on, I mean, how close we were to having our sovereignty signed over to the WHO so that if they proclaim something's a health emergency, by God, it's a health emergency. And you guys have to listen to us, and it has the force of law. Well, Trudeau uh, will sign it, for sure. His deputy oh, prime minister is on the board of the WEF. It's ridiculous. 
Yeah, and, and, and you know who a big contributor is, of course, to WHO is Bill Gates. And Bill Gates has enormous sway with the WHO, basically putting this, you know, evil genius, borderline codifying him as, you know, minister of health for the world. And all he wants to do is reduce the population, as he said, through vaccines. <laughs> so, you know, those are his words. What he meant, you know, people can figure it out for themselves. But, <coughs> excuse me with the cough, but, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm, I, I just, I, I, it's, having hope is difficult, you know. But I guess the thing to do is people should be more bold than ever because if you're not who they want you to be, they're going to get you eventually anyway, regardless of what you say and do. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just the time to go ahead and say, you know, fuck these people. This is stupid. Women don't have a penis. And uh, there's no enormous... Uh, police are not hunting black people and shooting them and killing them. They're not persecuting black people. With me, it and, started with the wage gap, and I think that was an Obama thing. And I'm, you know, I, and then I looked in, and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't know what Black Lives Matter was. And I'm like, wait a second. And then you look at them, and you go, oh, shit. This is more of the same. It's just more false narrative. Oh, yeah, white cops are gunning down indiscriminately unarmed black men. So, hands up, don't shoot. You know, like, it's all yeah. garbage, and it's all perpetuated by the media and the politicians. Yeah, and they, well, I mean, I don't know where it starts. Sometimes I wonder if the media is, is deciding the agenda or if they just all get the memo at the same time or if, or if they're advocating for one politician or another. I know they report stuff drastically different. Uh, you know, based on who's doing what. And, you know, it, it's a shame. But my New York Post, which I've read now for years, favorite newspaper still, but you see the way they cover stuff. And it is, uh, they're, they're often, you know, there's there's sort of an apologist sort of ring to it. When you see these guys holding up uh, an Asian, right, in, in a subway station down in Fulton Street uh, station, and just uh, pummeling him, beating him, you know, one's holding him, the other one's beating him. They say, oh, well, he, uh, tried to, he tried to rape a woman on the train. And people are so quick. You know, a lot of the just, you know, regular people on Twitter and whatever, they're like, oh, see, these people are, they're, these are crime solvers here. You know, these are people trying to save lives. These are people who care about women. You know, th- this isn't a hate crime. Um, well, I don't know that it is a hate crime. I know it's fucking crime, though. That's for sure. And, uh. You know, they didn't hang around and keep that guy and uh, turn him into the police. By the time the police got there, it was 20 minutes, sure. But they were holding him, and then they're like, well, we don't want him to necessarily see justice that bad. It's that That's another funny narrative was that, like, all this Asian hate was because Trump said China virus and Kung flu, and, uh, and that caused all these homeless, uh, you know, hood guys to start beating up Asians when they never had in the past. I mean, give me a break. Uh, that's been going on a long time. You know, think about it, the the resentment that's existed between Asian people, Asian communities, and black communities. It's just a natural thing. It's like the the rooftop shooters. You know, remember the the <laughs> in, in L.A. Greens. Yeah, they they have a they have a certain attitude, and uh, you know, they put up bulletproof glass, and black people feel like, uh, what are you talking about? We don't like that. Uh, so they're just suddenly saying that it's hate crime and they hadn't been doing that before but they don't always report so strongly the race of the perpetrator they kind of gave up on that narrative to a degree because it was so 
mind-bending. You know, it was just so obvious. When you see it on video over and over again, you know who the culprit is. And you know that they didn't get the idea from Trump. Dude, I've become a huge fan. I, I subscribed to Compound after our last interview. And... Uh, Oh, cool. Huge fan. I wasn't, I didn't take the Kumia right away, but uh, I saw your last uh, podcast with the uh, Anthony Kumia shirt on. I got to get me one of those. Are you, uh, I put up my Gavin McInnes set for the background because I got jealous of your uh, virtual background. Are you, are you headed to Orlando for the live censored uh, event? I'm working someplace else that Oh, night. yeah? Uh, yeah. Not in Florida? Secret show. I would. I would love to do that, but I'm. I, if I did, I wouldn't be getting paid for it. And uh, oh, yeah. so, I'm. I'm not really situated right now to just you know mm-hmm. grab a jet down. I would love to, and and I know that they're going to get great uh, crowds as soon as they find out where the venue is, which they have to keep secret mm-hmm. until. I mean, like this is like the most toxic thing ever. Even in Florida, you know, <laughs> even in the freest of the free states, yeah. uh, the ticket handle or dumped them. I've been doing a, uh, a trying out a different show, uh, what you would call um, concepts. You know, I've got a lo- uh, on a locals page, oh, and okay. you know, there's a, there's a show that I do. There's a couple of shows I do with retired cops. One's Monday Morning Quarterback with Ray Schneider's, and the other one is Notorious NYC with Mike O'Sullivan. I do a show uh, called Late as Fuck. It's like the last word in late night. It's the late night show that should have been. And uh, and actually is on this page, and uh, there's also RWI, reasonably well informed with myself and Al Pontillo. That's kind of a new show. We take a lot of stuff off Telegram, and and you know similar in ID. Uh, I don't want to say ideology, but you know similar in in uh, well, you know we all agree. Philosophy. So th- it's not a big debate, and we're talking about some of these topics that are a little bit off the uh, beaten path. You know, not re- mm-hmm. not from the mainstream, and uh, I. We're always trying out new stuff, you know. A portrait of an asshole we did about a serial killer that uh, we had. And there's also a music show that I, it's it's. I really try to keep a a, a good variety and post uh, stuff, you know, very regularly. Ideally, several times a week, and you're getting different shows that you're not going to see anywhere else. It's nyccrimereport.locals.com, and you can follow for free and see quite a bit of the. You know, programming to get the whole thing. You just support for five dollars. It's actually not even oh, five dollars really? a month because you get a break on three months of it. So okay. it's actually like whatever it is nine divided by twelve. It's 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 three something a month, I guess. By the time you do all that, okay. And uh, it's 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 actually I'm 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 pretty happy with the way it's going over there. It's a nice little community and yeah, and, uh, I've heard uh, good things about local uh, uh, locals uh, channel. Are you are you telling us that we can actually watch you work out new material on this channel? Well, sure. I mean, like, oh, uh, I'm not cool. doing a great deal of stand-up on there, but I do some live streams on there, okay. and I do, uh, and, and like I said, new, when I say new show concepts, I'm talking about, like, you know, these are shows that I'm just making up and throwing up, oh, here's oh, a show, okay, you know, gotcha. sometimes it's, and, and it's with a variety of guests, uh, mm-hmm. guest and co-host, and with a variety of different, you know, subjects and topics, just to keep it well-rounded, uh, you know, it's 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 fun it's fun and it's uh you know there's a uh like i said a a good sense over there of like you know people being on the same page you can't get canceled really on locals i don't think unless you put porn up and i'm not going to do that i uh 
I only I only have a regular size dick and nobody to stick it into uh, right here at the moment. But, Dude, I saw uh, you say on somebody's show that I've hated everyone that I've loved, and I really felt you must have been hooked up with a narcissist at one point. <laughs> oh my God, what are you? A, <laughs> how did you know that? Oh my God, what are you? Some you're you're a psychic, Kreskin. Yeah, that's exactly it. The last two have been. I'm pretty damn sure a narcissist, mm-hmm. like in a severe diagnosis. We can't really diagnose; it's not a clinical diagnosis, but you know. Yeah. And those are the people you can't you can't win. You'll never change those people. They don't they don't get help. Medication doesn't help, and there's nothing you can do because nobody will take responsibility for the way of being that's not working. And it's but always your spectrum. fault. They always project it onto you. So oh, if they're right. lying, yeah. if they're lying and uh, cheating, then even if you're loyal, that's what they project onto you. <laughs> so, uh, and you said that, I'm like, hmm, man, I don't, I don't feel exactly the same way. But I, I, it's got to be a narcissist in the background of that one. <laughs> I was definitely, absolutely accused of cheating in my last relationship more than I had ever been in my entire life put together mm-hmm. by a lot. I mean, it was just unreal. Now it's based on what i know it's hard to believe that that was that that was a projection it might have been a projection of uh yeah i don't know if it was man but but the projection was happening in other areas i'll have to give that some thought wow thanks thanks for uh ringing that bell although i uh i can't say that i never considered it you know i'm out of all that right now and i do think it's true man if you don't hate a woman sometimes i don't see how you could possibly love her but you know maybe maybe that's just me i think i fall in love with these narcissists they're so fucking interesting yeah and hot and bad what do you got coming up where where, where can people catch you you got some uh shows booked that we can support yet yeah i'm gonna be at uncle vinny's over there in new jersey it's uh uncle vinny's on the uh, i think it's point pleasant beach yeah that's right on the 22nd and 23rd of june 22nd 23rd june point pleasant beach uncle vinny's Looking forward to it. I'm uh, very good at stand-up, and uh, I have a. Uh, it's a real fun time. I, I really, I really do enjoy that. Probably more than anything else in life, you know. It's um, I did it. I did a show the other night, and I hadn't been going up as much as I had in the past. You know, New York it used to be several times a night. Post COVID, have not been able to reestablish that routine. So I'm like, I don't know. I mean, the guys, you think you got an hour in you? I'm like, I don't know. I hope if you don't bail hour came came really quickly it was um it was it was a really fun show so that's 22nd 23rd point pleasant beach uncle vinny's and of course that nyc crime report.locals.com i hope you at least get a chance to just look it over check it out and subscribe to the regular podcast because that still means a lot and compound media man i gotta get all this stuff under one roof somehow compound media's got quite the uh quite the uh roster too they got a bunch of good shows over there and, uh, i'm really enjoying that kumi and uh mckinnis have gone to three hours on wednesdays That's four insane, o'clock man. yeah it's nuts it's like sitting with two old high school friends that just beat the hell out of each other with laughter and jokes it's 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 pretty crazy they don't take anything serious on that show and they go for three hours now so it's 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 classic they go for three they could easily go for five mm-hmm. you know it, it's it, it never does it feel stretched out no and it, it it always has this like we're here voluntarily, optionally by our choice by our choice, and it, they have so much fun together. They enjoy mm-hmm. talking to each other so much, and I'm kind of like the regular go to guy now for when uh, Ant's out. 
so you know when he's not on, if, if he's got some kind of an issue, mm-hmm. which happens occasionally. Mm-hmm. What happened last week? He was too hung over to come in. He mailed it in from home. He said, <laughs> <laughs> "I'm always happy to be uh, to be there because it's a real honor to to ever like get to host." Ant show, you know, yeah, he's no, a legend, uh, so. and, and I know that a lot of people, as soon as they see it's not Kumia, they're like, ah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you can hear. They don't like the substitute teacher, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, why? Do we need to know this? No, yeah. you know, so I just, uh, I, I do always try to, uh, you know, lay the groundwork really soon. Sorry that that's happening. I'm sorry I'm here. I'm sorry that you that it's not. In. I know they look forward to it as they, as you know, Christ. Uh, of course they do. They've been fans for years, and he and he's got the best fans. Uh, so uh, it's still a lot of fun to get to do it, and I'm always glad when they let me do it. A compound. Just on the way out, let, tell me about uh, your boy, the Japarican, the Asian Pat Dixon. Has he come into his own with these these filters he's doing? And the impressions are off the hook. And you know, I got a little bit I run with Gavin once in a while when I when I call it. You know. I was, you know, crushed, and then Josh Denny came on my show and told me I was a fish. It was all a bit and everything, and I, they had me. I had locked and loaded, sitting down here at George's Oasis Bar with way too much rum in me, a fuck you letter to Gavin. I'm canceling my sub, blah, blah, blah. I, I fell hook, line, and sinker for the whole thing. So tell me your boat, your boy, Ryan, Katsu Rivera. Isn't he the best? He's, you know, he's a talented right kid, man. I love the sneaker chimp the best. He's got this, the Asian sneaker salesman, but then he's got a chimp face he's putting on now, and the sneaker chimp is insane. I wish he'd do it all show. He is, I, I regret deeply that <laughs> uh, he was stolen from me by Gavin because when he was working with me doing like on just various things or whatever, it was such a fun time. He's such a good hang. He's also super talented, and he's a guy who does stuff and he gets it done. He enables things to get done. He's really good technically. He's really mm-hmm. good creatively. He's really you know dependable and and you know not just uh, all that shit. But uh, look, I mean, he owes me his whole life basically. So that, <laughs> you know, I I'm the one who put him on my show first, and he you know it really uh, gave him an opportunity to ingratiate himself around Compound Media. And then eventually Gavin actually offered him money, which I couldn't do. And then that was the end of that. But uh, he's still a good friend and still a great, we, you know, like we play music together. We used to, uh, you know, do that quite frequently, but it's always a blast. And uh, he's, uh, hey, he's really skilled at guitar as well. You know, married kid. It's like, wow, good for you. Yeah. And you're welcome. That's what I say to, <laughs> to him. And uh, and I, can I just add this about Gavin? And I don't mean I'm not trying to suck Gavin's dick or anything because he's uncircumcised, especially. I don't want to go in my mouth. Gross. <laughs> I know it's really awful. <laughs> but I don't think Gavin is capable of not being entertaining. I mean, I think oh. almost literally everything he says is entertaining. Oh. Maybe everything. I think he's probably about the most entertaining person. I call him the funniest man on the planet because you're right. He's just naturally hilarious. Even when he fucks something up, it's hilarious. And uh, well, I'm a huge fan. I you know I did a show the last week. I'm gay for Gavin, but uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> well, uh, he's 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 another guy who he changed my life. You know, because I heard his show, uh, his podcast. It was uh, back when it was free speech. You know, uh, before I met him at Compound, and I was like, wow, oh really? This guy is really saying it. You know, mm-hmm. and it just kind of crystallized a lot of stuff for me. I'm like, man, I. I knew all this shit was true, a lot of it anyway, but I, I, I kind of thought that it was just something we weren't to say anymore. Mm-hmm. So the free speech thing, 
when I, when I heard that, it, it really did uh, make a change. And then, of course, you know, getting into compound and everything totally changed it. But, you know, Gavin is, uh, yeah, he's uh, definitely a force for good. Mm-hmm. I love you, brother. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. I kept you a little bit late today, but uh, I appreciate the time. You're always generous with me, so, and we always have a, a couple of good laughs. But uh, I look forward to touching you up again soon. Hope I didn't bore you. My pleasure. Well, I like you more stuff. than a friend. <laughs> well, I love you too, bro. All right, Thank we'll you. talk soon. Thanks, Pat. Bye. Peace out. That's how you do that. That's Pat Dixon, host of the New York City Crime Report and many other shows. He's on Compound uh, Media with uh, Anthony Acumia. That's his uh, flagship, uh, what do you call it, battleship, pirate ship, the uncensorable, and uh, connected to all the boys that I'm in love with. So thanks for loving. Peace. Thanks for loving. Thanks for loving. Yeah. Thanks for loving. Thanks for coming. Thanks for watching. I never say thanks for watching. Anyways, fuck you later. I'm out. No, really, I'm out. No. No, really, I'm out. No. No, really. I'm leaving now.